Well, look, this is my advice. I don't. I, I think that you're just. This is me running through walls, right? Sure. You're already kind of giving up by thinking like that because I'm trying to raise money, right? And so you could be doing the same thing, and maybe you can't get it from one source, but you can probably get it from other sources. And like, yeah, that that's what I'm doing, and that's why I'm hopefully going to be able to do it, right? Because like I'm. There's no no for an answer. It's like just keep going, going, going. Yeah, yeah. And there, there's there, there are ways that you can do things. And regardless, you're gonna you're definitely gonna be a part of it. Um, but like, I think that there, I, I think we have 60 days and we're just getting started. So yeah. Like, who knows? Welcome to the Young Wild Financially Free Podcast, an audio experience where we don't just talk about it, we live it. This podcast is provided by Texas Best Credit Repair. Matt, you have good credit, right? Yes. But you could have great credit. Yep. How would... <laughs> and that, why would people... People would say, I have good credit already. Why do I need to get better credit? I already have a 700 credit score. Why does it need to be higher? Well, it, your credit score is huge, and it, it depends... On a lot of factors, but if you can get it up to 780 or 800 or 820, mm-hmm. then you're going to get better interest rates. Sure, when it comes to buying real estate. Right. 100%. On, and really anything. on anything, yeah. Cars. Yeah, so it's... Clothes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, anything, anything you finance. You to, right, yeah. It's, I mean, it's critical because the lower the rate, the more money you save. And especially if you're talking about a 30-year fixed interest rate, you're talking about saving... Ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars—you know, maybe more. Right. And you just have to like really focus on what's my credit score, why is it that way, and how can I get it better? Sure. And you team up with the people that know what they're doing, and it can be really good for you. Right. Yeah. And in this case, the people that know what they're doing are Sammy Knockin and his team at Texas Best Credit Repair, mm-hmm. which we're very blessed to have them as sponsors of the show. But like you said, you can save twenty, thirty thousand dollars potentially. Um, on you know a home purchase um, or an investment and he has like a low monthly rate and it's more credit coaching than anything of how you can learn to get your credit score up whether I mean and if it is bad and you're wanting to buy your first house to provide a home for your family bingo you know that's something that you need to do and in a case like you where you're an avid investor and you already have a good credit score but you want to get it higher to save those thousands of dollars bingo you know you're a perfect candidate as well yeah and it, it absolutely pays for itself and you know most people don't know anything about what their credit score is comprised of and mm-hmm. the three different agencies and you know you might as well get an expert to come in and, and help you like you do with a lot of other things in life mm-hmm. um, yeah but this more so because a house for most people is the biggest purchase that they'll ever make mm-hmm. and in doing that, you should get the best interest rate that you can. And if you have time to prepare three, four, six months, then you will have the ability to improve your credit score. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. Um, so for our audience listening, guys, uh, go to TexasBestCreditRepair.com. You can have a free consultation and ask for Sammy. Tell him that your boys at Tree Homes, the Young Wild Financially Free Podcast, sends you over. Sam the man. Bye-bye. <clears throat> Hey everybody, uh, welcome to the Young Wild Financially Free Podcast. Uh, my name is Andrew Roberts, uh, and I'm sitting down with my co-host, Matt Teifke. <laughs> and this is like a podcast that we started just you and I, you know, and just two guys 
sitting in a room together with a couple mm-hmm. of mics, mm-hmm. just talking about real estate and entrepreneurship. And that's something that we haven't done in a long time. We've had we've been blessed to have a lot of good interviewees um, on our show. Um, you know, people like Christopher Waters and our most recent one, Craig Morgan, who's the mayor of Round Rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's nice to. I love this opportunity that we get to sit down and you and I just kind of like talk about real estate and kind of mm-hmm. provide this value, this information for our audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and today, what I wanted to do is <clears throat> something that's kind of relevant in your life recently um, is talk about. Well, I mean, you've been you've worked in commercial real estate and uh, been around obviously real estate for a long time, but you know, with a a big deal potentially coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's there's a, you've, I'm sure you've learned some some new things about that deal in the commercial real estate world, um, so I kind of want to talk about that. Cool, yeah, man, I'm excited. It's uh, it's hardcore time for me because I've got two properties under contract with 60 days to close. Right. And when you talk about commercial real estate, I feel like sometimes, and myself included, for people that don't know much about it, you just think of com- there's commercial and residential. Mm-hmm. And that is true, but within commercial, there's a lot of different aspects because mm-hmm. you can look at retail, office, multifamily, warehouse, industrial, self-storage, Yeah, and they're all so different. And so when I started my career as a commercial real estate broker, I was doing what's called retail tenant representation. Yeah. And that's like so different than office tenant mm-hmm. representation. Sure. And so like I learned a very small part of it as far as how do these deals get done? What are rates, market rates, like rent per square foot, triple nets, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was really good. Uh, it wasn't my style. It's more of a corporate type deal, mm-hmm. I feel like. It's it's really hard. There's a lot of people that you, you, you pretty much, I think you get into commercial real estate to make money. That's why you do it. Yeah. And it takes a good three to five years to make any money, really. As a broker. As a broker. Yeah. And then you can make good money. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a, just a different world. Yeah. So I, I lived it for three years, and you know we would go to Vegas every year and Dallas every year, and you do these big conventions. And, mm-hmm. and not that there's anything wrong with this, but pretty much all commercial brokers literally dress the same. Oh yeah, you know, they have like slacks and tucked in shirt and nice shoes and it's like a glorified fraternity. <laughs> it's, it is, it is like a fraternity. Yeah, and I think that's probably why I didn't feel like I I fit in too much. I wasn't my style. Sure, I, not that I have anything against them, but I wasn't in a fraternity in college, and I never would have been. I wouldn't even consider. Right. Um, just just because I just wanted to do my own thing. Yeah. And uh, but, but there's a ton of value to doing fraternities and. I mean, yeah. Right. Yeah. There people is. People get like business partners for life. And friends for life and yeah i know brothers and camaraderie and all that super interesting Uh, but that was like the retail brokerage side and then on the ownership side uh, right now we have a 24 unit apartment complex Uh in round rock and then a 12 unit metal warehouse building project in huddo right yeah and super exciting to me because as you know like that's that's our area yeah you know like i freaking know that area so well and right yeah we grew up just right on the street yeah and believe in it and mm-hmm. a lot of new things happening so i had this huge challenge to figure out how do i get these deals done when the biggest deal that i've ever done was probably a $460,000 house yeah and now we're talking 2 million right yeah, yeah. so i'm it's learning a lot time. i'm learning a lot on the lending side on you know analyzing deals how other people look at stuff 
and I am lucky, uh, but also there's a lot of hard work into having these is that these are really, really good deals. Mm -hmm. And I have multiple people right now that would just, I could just assign the contract to Mm -hmm. and make a hundred thousand dollars just to give them the deal. Right. And that's kind of my backup plan. Uh, but I'm trying to figure out how to not go that route and start owning commercial real estate. Yeah. And that's where it's exciting because when you own commercial real estate in general, it typically cash flows better than a uh, single family. Yeah. Well, I, well, I mean, bigger, I mean, well, I guess, are you talking about on a percentage basis or, cause yeah. I'm thinking, I mean, just face value is like, it's a bigger property. There's more money. So there's more money. Yeah, there's just you have more efficiencies, and, mm-hmm. and so like for an example, you know about the one percent rule, right? Right. Yeah. Hundred thousand dollar house, you lease for a thousand dollars. Go do that deal all day, mm-hmm. right? So these apartments that I have, they're eighty thousand a door, mm-hmm. and they're renting for eight fifty to a thousand. Mm-hmm. So that that hits the one percent rule right there. Um, you're looking at basically. Um, 24 units, all two bedroom, one bath, and I'm pretty convinced that people can pay at least 500 per room, which would be a thousand total. Okay. So you're paying 80,000 per door and getting a thousand per rent. Think about that on the one percent rule basis. That's I think maybe 1.2. Yeah. Right. And so like you get that with commercial or right. not necessarily with commercial in general, but with this deal. Yeah. Yeah. It's more bang for your buck. Yeah, it cash flows. Like you, you put money in your pocket every month. Right. Yeah. Super but, interesting. You know that you're playing. You're playing in the big leagues. You have, uh, you know, maybe a hundred fifty thousand dollar roof potentially mm-hmm. if something happens, or hundred thousand dollar plumbing issue, or you know, a bunch of AC units going out. Like right. You Everything get, else. The problems are bigger too. The problems are a lot bigger. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited. There's a it's it's fun when you get into multifamily because you can like look at all these little things like how do you increase value, and it's amazing how adding twenty five dollars a month in cash flow or you know per unit or just just one unit twenty five mm-hmm. more, the value goes up exponentially because you put a cap rate on that number, and it's not like the value goes up twenty five dollars. It goes up like a hundred dollars. Yeah. So every little tweak that you can do. To minimize expenses, increase revenue, you're adding value all along the way while still cash flowing. Right, yeah. Which is, it's awesome because like, I mean, kind of going back to like everything being bigger and the uh, margins being better is that you have more wiggle room to make those improvements along the way while still cash flowing. If you did it on a single family home, you might have to, you know, take a hit or put all of your cash flow from that year into one repair or something like that yeah and so it's like the struggles are harder with single family yeah yeah and you know with like i'm putting up like twenty nine thousand dollars as earnest money versus two grand right so like you got to have a lot of money just to tie it up yeah and it's been pretty cool for me because i've basically spent the last 10 days going all out to try and figure out how am i going to get these deals done mm-hmm. and I actually don't even technically have them under contract because we've been kind of going back and forth. Okay. And so I think we're going to probably sign it today or tomorrow. That gives me 60 days from then. Mm. So I've been able to get like 70 days or 80 days, which is critical. Right, yeah. And I'm thinking about could you Airbnb apartments in Round Rock? Because there's no regulation in Round Rock, right? Right, right. Yeah. So you could just try it out. 
couple units. Legally, you could, yeah, but are you saying that... Is uh, the demand there? Sure. Do people want to go lease something? We have two properties in that immediate area that we Airbnb, so we know the area is good for it. But, but those are single-family homes. Yeah, exactly. I know as a consumer, whenever I'm looking at Airbnb to go on vacation or something like that, if it says in its apartment... I'm less likely to. Yeah, yeah. To, but uh, but that doesn't mean that everybody's like that. Well, no, I, th- I think most people probably would be, but at the same time, along with what you're saying is the apartment's probably going to be $50 a night where the house is going to be 100 So mm-hmm. there's that kind of way to weigh like, oh, well, this is half the price and it's actually still pretty nice and in the same location. Sure, yeah. Most of the time when you're Airbnb and you're not going for the property, right. you just need a bed barely it's there. nice. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So on financing with commercial real estate, is it as strict? Do you have to jump through as many hoops as single family? Um, Surprisingly, you don't. Yeah. Surprisingly, you don't. Yeah. That's kind of what I was... Yeah. Because they're more judging the loan off of the actual asset. Okay. Not off the person. Yep. A little bit. I mean, yes, you have to have good credit and all that, but... They're going to loan 75% of the value, and most of the time, these things are going to be cash flowing, and you're going to have a you know, two hundred to 500000 down payment. It's easy for the bank to feel pretty good about it. Like mm-hmm. they're, you know, If they did foreclose, they're, they're getting the whole value of the property. Mm-hmm. You're losing 25%, which that, you know, not people, a lot of people want to do that. So they know that you're like completely invested in in making this work Mm -hmm. um so yeah so it's typically like 75 percent loan to value ltv okay and right now like what i'm looking at is five and a quarter or five percent interest rate what's typical for a commercial that's pretty typical okay but i know some people that are more seasoned and have better assets and stuff and they can look at maybe a 4.75 okay but that's like really really good right and those small little, you need to take that phone call. <laughs> those small, those small little differences in percentage are huge because it's such they're such big numbers. As far as yeah, like yeah. the payments you have to make, like that makes a huge. Even though it's yeah. like only a quarter difference oh, yeah. in a percentage, it's huge monetarily. Yeah, and I was looking at some hard money to do this, and that way the down payment would be maybe ten percent instead of twenty five, and the interest rates are like twelve and a half. And we were running the numbers, and so the the income on the multifamily deal is about sixteen thousand a month revenue, and the debt with hard money at twelve and a half percent is eighteen thousand. I'm like, no, I can't do that. Yeah. And so then we started dropping it to like nine, eight percent, and it actually drops a lot. It drops to like twelve thousand. Yeah. Right. So yeah, the numbers are just way bigger. Sure. Yeah. And then like, so like coming up with that. 25% 25% if you did, I guess, is it technically called traditional financing as opposed to hard money? Um, oh. yeah, you could. It's just, it's just, you know, investment bank lending. Okay. So, like, coming up with that 25%, um, I know that, like, on a single-family home in the past, when I bought properties, is, like, they have to verify, the lender has to verify that that money is mine, that I haven't borrowed the money for the down payment. Is that the case no. for commercial? No. Yeah, you can get. They don't it from, care where the money comes from. They don't care where the money comes from. That's why th- those are the things that make it easier. Uh huh. Um, they're not even really. You know, I haven't actually closed one like this, so maybe there's things that 
are going to come up that I don't know about. Yeah. But for the most part, it just seems like they're just looking at the property and they're going to run my credit and all that. Um, and I, you know, I, I do have a good story, which makes it a little easier because we're in the business and we right. manage and we can bring these efficiencies. Yeah. So with someone else, it might be a little bit tougher. So it's important. I started building these relationships like three years ago. Mm-hmm. So these people know me now yeah. and I don't have to call them, you know, day one of the contract and then have 60 days to figure it out. That would be impossible. Yeah. You've been doing, I mean, you spent the last three years getting ready for this 60 yeah, days. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So now, I mean, I have everything. I've, I've gotten everybody everything. I know what information to get on the property. Right. And I'm just like waiting on a bunch of lenders to give me quotes. Got it. And waiting on investors to see if they want to invest. Yeah. Um, and man, it's hard. Like you, you've seen it, you know, it's like when you're trying to raise money, um, you, you people say that they can do it and then last minute they might not and so like mm-hmm. you've got to keep a lot of irons in the fire yeah uh, and and it's hard to like I had to explain that to my brother because he's trying to raise money and I'm like hey you you may be able to get the money that we need but I may Can't not even on. actually do that deal oh yeah because yeah. I might go with someone else that is putting up all the money and then we keep a small percentage of the equity right so there's just so many moving parts and it sucks that you have to do it like that but it's just the way it is because you can't you can't count on anything else or trust anything else. Yeah. And you have to be able to like get it done. Yeah, yeah. For if sure. If you want the deal. Yeah. Um and so like thinking of like putting money up for a big commercial deal, any real estate deal, is like do you look at it as in like as far as cash flow versus appreciation, um, how quickly you can uh, recoup that down payment as like do you look at it that way, or is it just like I don't. you don't worry about the down payment? That's not you're not thinking that you're losing it. You're just thinking that this is a good deal. And yeah, I that's how I look at it. I'm probably rare in that sense that I'm just kind of like go get it, mm-hmm. go do it, and think about it later. And right, right or wrong, um, you know, a lot of people are like, "What's my internal rate of return? Sure. What's my cash on cash? My return on investment?" I do care about that, but I, I care more about getting a deal done and then doing another one. Yeah. Um, versus like analyzing a hundred deals and like as a passive investor and saying, which which one's better? This one's eleven. This one's twelve. Let me do the thirteen. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd rather just like go do the deal. And it's not it's not as crazy as I make it seem sometimes. Like I'm not just doing it to do it. I know that it's a good deal. I've I've seen a lot and. 80,000 a door in Austin, Texas, MSA is very, very hard to find. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I will see another deal like this for for a long, maybe ever. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but most of them are 100,000 a door, 120, 140. Man. And so, like, you know, everybody I talk to loves this deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's exciting. So then I'm like, Super now exciting. I got to get it done and not waste this opportunity. And 60 days from now, I'll just be like, Dang. Yeah. That was the deal. Yeah. But yeah. it ain't, it's not easy. Right. It's not easy. Yeah. So, um, looking at that deal, it's 80,000 door. You could potentially get a thousand in rent. Mm-hmm. Would you know what the current rents are bringing in per door? They're about 895. Okay. Yeah, 850. So, even, even at what they currently are, it's uh, hitting that 1% rule. Right. Um, how, what have you thought about? seeing that like as a business so like 
is there an office? Are you going to have to have staff? Obviously, we have our property management company, so like that's mm-hmm. that's a huge value. Um, have you looked at it? I guess from that angle. Like, yeah, yeah, always. Mm-hmm. You're, you're trying to figure out how to add value. You know, covered parking. Yeah. Um, this one's doesn't have a lot of amenity space, uh-huh. so my first thoughts would be covered parking, and to build a culture. Sure. Uh, like kind of like what we did at Highland, where maybe we'll throw a Thanksgiving party and yeah, do a paint your door party, and uh-huh. those things can go a long way. Right. Um, so yeah, that's it's super exciting, man, and and you can put your own branding on it. You can change the paint colors. You can put your own signs, and um, you just kind of test things out, and and you can test the market and see how it works. And my next step, and hopefully it'll be next week or maybe this weekend is to go and do a market survey and basically go at and act as if I'm a renter mm-hmm. and go look at all the properties in that area and see what they're charging and what those properties have to offer. Mm-hmm. And that's going to give me some really good insight onto what we can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super smart. Yeah, yeah. And it's going to be a little tricky because I don't think there's a lot of 20 units. There's, I th- there's bigger hundreds and 200s, and those are just so different – because you, you got a pool and a gym and all that, and so yeah. the rent factors into that. Right. Yeah. Interesting to look at. Yeah, man. Um, so I know that you're, uh, with your investing career, you're big on using leverage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially, you know, using the, the loans and making the numbers work. Um, is there a point in your career where you think that you'll want to start doing cash deals where you just start you know buying things and you're not I mean essentially that kind of like takes the lender out of it yeah may, maybe probably not just because of I mean one I went to the masters of real estate program yeah and the, one of the big fundamental things is understanding the power of leverage okay and if you can use leverage to make more on your money you do it yeah and, but there's obviously a little risk mm-hmm. um, so I don't know I mean things might change but you could either pay off your properties or you could buy more. Mm-hmm. And it's not, you know, one's one's less risky, yeah. but one gives you the potential to make more. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I always probably want to be growing. Yeah. Always using leverage. Yeah, I think so. Cool. I, I, you know, I've, I talked to a guy that you know, got to kind of a situation where he owned 20 properties and then his whole goal was to pay them off as fast as possible. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Like, but... Now he's not going to own a hundred. He's just going to own twenty. That are sure. Off. Yeah. Which you know. It's fine. Yeah. To each his own. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, this might. I hope this isn't a morbid question or anything. But so, like, at the end of your life, mm-hmm. hundred years from now, mm-hmm. um, when you have a bunch of different loans out mm-hmm. on places that are getting paid down by the cash flow and yada yada yada. Um, do those get passed down to your kids or like how does that how does yeah, that work yeah they would they would get passed down and they would take over the yeah got it yeah so yeah you just have to decide and plan accordingly like maybe you sell them at that time or sure ideally you have enough cash flow where it's great like you you don't want to sell them because they're giving you money every month even though you have debt on right them. yeah yeah awesome yeah so the power of leverage is, is amazing um, you know, it just helps you grow exponentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, that's all I got on commercial. Yeah. Do you have any 
Well, the other the other quick deal is the one in Hutto. Right. Yeah, we didn't go into too much detail on that. Twelve buildings. Yeah. So when people, when I thought before I got into real estate, when I thought about what the word commercial real estate, I thought like the Frost Tower downtown or right. a big. That's what I was saying. That high was, rise and yeah. like so thinking this deal is in Hutto. It's down a back road basically, and it's just twelve metal buildings yeah. where these businesses operate out of so like yeah. ac repair guys and um other kind of blue collar businesses right um and i wouldn't think you know when i think of commercial real estate that's not the first thing that come to mind right but this right. is the commercial deal that you're currently yeah. working on warehouses and they're small businesses and mm-hmm. they're modified triple net or double net at least whatever you want to call it in the sense that they they pay their insurance their utilities and their maintenance, but the property picks up the taxes. So the only expense that the owner has is is taxes. If, okay. Wow. Yeah. If like you know they were to break a window or the um, I don't know AC stopped working, whatever it may be, they're that, responsible. They're for responsible that. for that. And that's, and that's what, what triple net means. That's what triple net is. Yeah, okay. Cool. Triple net net net. So it's it's basically like you know each net is taxes one, uh-huh. insurance one common area maintenance the other yeah so they pick up all three gotcha and you can have a single net where they pay the taxes or double they pay taxes and insurance mm-hmm. and people kind of classify it different ways but that's kind of the the broad understanding of it gotcha yeah so that's i mean for a, a property owner for an investor that's like a dream come true is yeah. to own a property and not essentially not really have any like you said expenses yeah uh, or responsibilities kind of for that property right the all of that is on the tenant right exactly dream come true that, yeah that's the dream come true yeah is any really cash flow right yeah yeah that's awesome so, so this is 12 buildings mm-hmm. um in hutto mm-hmm. any more detail on that mm, low rents so okay. there's room to increase the rents four acre tract okay uh, similar area to the round rock apartment and there's those big developments, Kalahari and Perfect Game. So I know that that increases value on single-family homes because it brings in jobs, it brings in tourist attraction, stuff yeah. like that. But does that also increase commercial real estate Absolutely. too? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, the the jobs, that's the big one. So if you know half these people in these buildings are working on Kalahari or Perfect Game, yeah. now they're making more money. Now being that in that location becomes more valuable. Sure. And now they can pay a higher rent. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So it's great. I mean that that's huge. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. There's probably a lot of trades that are gonna be working on those projects that are close by or and maybe not even working directly, but there it's crazy how you never really can fully see all the indirect effects. Like perfect game, right? I mean, the obvious things are you need you know, fencing and construction and mm-hmm. astroturf and dirt. Yeah. But like, you might not think of, um, I don't know, like, uh, you know, some kind of company that that gets the tickets and the and the printing and all that. And, sure. And the logos and the design and those are all going to be people that are in the area. Right. Yeah. And those are people that are going to need a site for their business. Exactly. So exactly. That's where. Commercial yeah. comes in. I've thought about making those buildings into a bunch of batting cages. That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. Right? That could be kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so while the tenants are there in this commercial, and it's basically just essentially it's a metal building, mm-hmm. do they get to 
say they they want a bathroom in the building and there's there's not one, would that be on them to do that? Can be. It okay. depends. I mean, this negotiations. So yeah, because like I'm wondering if like a tenant comes in, kind of fixes up, makes it look not look, makes it looks nice and stuff like that. Like, essentially, the owner, you in this case, kind of reaps the rewards yeah. of them adding that value. Yeah, yeah. There are different ways to do it, and most of the time, it happens at the beginning of the lease. It's called TI, Tenant Improvement uh, Allowance. Okay. And an owner, let's say that you're going to go build out your space and it's going to cost 200000 Maybe the owner will give you 100000 mm-hmm. and you put 100000 and you both benefit from that. Yeah. And the landlord benefits yeah. more from that, but that, that's what happens. Almost every like retail or restaurant lease, they're putting big money into the space, yeah. like hundreds of thousands. Right. And the landlord's maybe contributing like a third of that or a fourth of that. Okay. Gotcha. But the, sometimes the problem is like if you were to, have a building that let's say you own and you lease it to Chipotle and they came in and put half a million dollars in the space. Well, when they leave there, if another national uh, restaurant or, or credit tenant comes yeah. in, they're probably going to have no use for Chipotle's design. Right. And yeah. They'll just wipe it all out. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy how I that know. happens. I, I saw it with Buffalo Wild Wings. Like they would not use anything existing and it probably cost them half a million dollars. To basically get it add out all this value to get it ready for them. Yeah, whereas, you know, a, a mom and pop would be like, okay, that's great. Let's go use Let's all this use, stuff. yeah, whatever we yeah. can. But, you know, you got to have your own branding and, sure. your, and consistent experience across the board. Yeah, yeah. Is there a, I mean, is there a, a, a dream or a goal of something to own beyond this, beyond this, you know, smaller apartment complex or beyond this commercial deal? Not really. It's mostly just own property that I, I'm trying it to get to sense. the financial freedom spot. Yeah. Where you so it doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. And these would be, these, you know, are on the brink of that because you find a property that makes you five, six grand a month, uh-huh. then you can kind of do whatever you want in your life. Right. You know? Yeah. And I'm not at that point right now. And it's like, I would love to get to that point and Get, be able to go on a vacation. I haven't gone on a vacation and I, I can't even remember, like, I haven't, I can't remember when I took some time off. Yeah. And so, like, I'm just, like, sh- like pushing to get there. Right. I was talking to somebody about you today uh, about that kind of uh, characteristic of, of who you are. Yeah. Do you think that, like, when you get there, when you have cash flow coming in, it's five $6,000 a month that you're going to want to stop or and take a vacation or are you still going to Keep on. I think I'm gonna like more. keep pushing, but I'll I'll be able to relax a little bit. Yeah. And just be like, oh man, finally, it yeah. makes a little bit of sense. Sure. I mean, because it's hard work. I was up to last night till two a.m. and up to today at seven, and like I'm like, man, this, you know, I I just look at it like, and you got to make sacrifices, right? Sure. And so like I'm 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 making the bet that it's worth it to sacrifice right now. Uh-huh. And you you think about life. I've been thinking about it a lot. It's like. Man, you live eighty to a hundred years old, and if you, right. and you know, not that, not that I say this is the exact answer, but this is how I feel: is it's worth it to sacrifice a couple of years, five, ten years, to really get yourself in a good spot to then be able to do a lot later. Yeah, and th- you know, I, I'm not like a hundred percent sure that that's the exact answer. That's what works for me, but sure. some people are like, let me just enjoy every day right now and. Mm. Like, I envy that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way I look at it is I can't really enjoy 
if I'm subject to other people and like I can't make my own decisions. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. I go back and forth yeah. on that same internal struggle in my mind, you know, weekly, if not daily. Yeah. Of, yeah, like, yeah. of like, I love, you know, the motivation and the inspiration, the drive to be successful and to want more. Mm-hmm. And then other days I'm like, what am I doing this for? Like, right. you know, like why am I, I, when I, you see other people, I mean, that's a, a huge thing. Is it like, if you can get off social media, get off social media, <laughs> but follow us on social media. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but like, you know, seeing other people, you know, enjoying their life, not necessarily knowing their story, seeing everybody's highlight reel yeah. on Instagram or, or Facebook is right. like, man, like why am I struggling when, you know, at the end of the day is like, if you enjoy that struggle, then keep doing the struggle. It doesn't matter what yeah. other people are doing or not. So yeah, and everyone it's just has a balance their, you got to play. Well, everyone has their own uh, goals and their own experiences. And I, I take mine from my own experiences and people that I've seen. And uh-huh. personally, like the people that I've seen that are super successful and, and have that, you know, have their life in a point where they do have a lot of freedom they made a ton of sacrifices. Yeah. And I know a lot of other people that have gone and like, you know, lived all over the world and traveled and all this stuff. And then that looks cool, but now they're working a job that they don't like. And yeah. like, that's actually my biggest fear is, you know, not being able to do what I want what to, you want to yeah. but I am doing that right now. So it's a, not that I, not that I don't want to do real estate, but like, I don't want to have to work you know, till 2 a.m. and then sure. up at 7 and all that. Um, but I'm making – it is a sacrifice. And yeah. I, I, I think it's going to be worth it. So yeah, just making the making the commitment. And if I'm the type that, like, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to, like, really do it. Otherwise, there's no point for me. Like, i got to get try and go big. Right. Yeah. For sure. So. That's inspiring. That's just me, man. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Uh, people – I mean, people that are friends and people that – know you um look at you and whether you know it or not you know you're inspiring other people by having that motivation and that drive thanks man so well you know with uh <laughs> it's on days where it's you know it's tough and you you question it you know know that other people nice. are seeing you and that you're affecting other people in a positive way thanks man yeah um yeah and you know I think a lot of it comes down to how you're raised and all this stuff. And sure. I was raised in a way where nothing was ever good enough. Like I remember I'd get like a, a single or a double in baseball and my mom would be like, why don't you run harder? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do this? It was like oh. always constantly pushing, 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 how to be better. And so yeah. that that's not that I say that that's right or wrong, but that's just who that's I am. What that's, formed you and what made you who you are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We're all... Uh, just a product of how we were raised in our childhood. Yeah. Um, you know, there's the there's the conversation of nurture versus nature, and mm-hmm. I think it's a pretty even balance between the two, in my opinion. But, like, yeah, I mean, just the way you're raised is kind of what forms you and creates those habits yeah. that you carry into your adulthood. Yeah, and you're always constantly changing and learning. and mm-hmm. Like, I'm always reading books, and, you know, I'm, I'm really into politics, and I'm reading a, a huge saga on LBJ. and yeah. Dude, that he's a fascinating character, man. Like, uh-huh. I I don't know how much you know about him, but like he was like ext- at least the way that this book's portraying, extremely manipulative. And, really? Like, yeah, big time. He went to uh, he went to my alma mater. Texas, yeah, yeah. But like people hated him. Like nobody liked he's him. He was, he was like 
the like I don't know. He was always lying, and and he would he would put on a big persona, uh-huh. but he was like very very strategic in how he did things, and it's like super crazy Man. to understand who he was. Like he used to get beat up all the time and lie, and nobody liked him. And when he was a kid, when he was a kid, oh, and wow. even in even in college, yeah, like he kind of like we, this is how the books were trained. Like yeah. we, weaseled his way in huh. and became like the editor of the newspaper, and then there'd be these events, and it would be like. Lyndon Baines Johnson, like, attend, like, he would, like, have his name as, like, he was so <laughs> He'd write articles about himself. Yeah, and it, oh, he wasn't. Man. And then, like, he, he found a way to get elected on certain political things. And Man. I'm like, man, I don't know why we got into that, but, uh, oh, I, I do. <laughs> it's like, you're, like you're always books. just, le- they're always, like, learning. Like, yeah. I'm, like, like, thinking about, like, you know, n- not n- by any means being like him, but, like, man, that's really cool how he, like, had this goal. Mm-hmm. And, like, he literally would say he'd be president from, like, a little kid in a super, super poor town. Uh-huh. And he just, like, did it. Yeah. And I'm like, man, like, if you, like, really just think and, and have, like, you know, different moves and, like, you're playing chess, like, you can do a lot of things sure. with a really long-term approach. Um, but you're always, like, I, I brought that up because, like, I'm learning as a person all the time and just figuring it out as, as I go. You yeah. Know? Like, I, that's why it's so, I, I try more and more to just like not say like set things because, yeah. because like, I, I don't know if, you know, if, if my way is the right way, it's, it, it's what I'm doing. And yeah, there's that quote, the more you learn, the less you know. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's yeah. so true. Like I, this is a, not to, I don't know. Uh, one stance that like, I used to be very opinionated on, Marijuana, mm-hmm. and in college, I remember I was the roommate. I was the friend that was like, "Don't smoke inside. Get get away from me." Right. Yada yada yada. Very much against it. Yeah. And my opinion has changed. Yeah. And so it's like, the more you going back to that quote, the more you learn, the less you know. Is like, yeah. I agree with you to not be like too opinionated or too strong on certain things, maybe because you could change potentially. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I can't remember the exact quote, but I heard it on Joe Rogan the other day, and it was like, as the fire of knowledge grows bigger, the light of what we don't know illuminates. Something like that. Like, okay. as you, it's kind of like, as you learn more, yeah. you learn that you don't know more. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, everyone's always evolving and adapting and changing and... Uh-huh. Yeah. Just living life. Good right? stuff, Just man. Figuring it out as you go. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm excited for uh, you and these commercial deals and um, in full transparency. I'm trying not to get too discouraged about them. Mm-hmm. It, like going back to my quote about comparisons of Thief of Joy, mm-hmm. about seeing these deals and wanting to, you know, partner with you on these and, mm-hmm. you know, but realizing that I might not be in a position where I can. You're going to be in them. Right, and I get that, but like seeing, you know, seeing this and seeing that opportunity and not being able to take it. Well, um, look, this is my advice. I don't I, I think that you're just this is me running through walls, right? Sure. You're already kind of given up by thinking like that because I'm trying to raise money, right? And so you could be doing the same thing and maybe you can't get it from one source, but you can probably get it from other sources and like Yeah. That that's what I'm doing and that's why I'm hopefully going to be able to do it, right? Because like I'm there's no no for an answer. It's like just keep going, going, going. Yeah, yeah. And there, there's there, there are ways that you can do things. And regardless, you're gonna you're definitely gonna be a part of it. Um, but like, I think that there, I, I think we have 60 days and we're just getting started. So yeah. Like, who knows? You right. could go meet somebody for coffee, 
that makes this whole deal work. Yeah. That's how I look at it. Very true. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. You never know. Never give up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, well, either way, I hope our audience learned a little bit about commercial real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's if we publish this before sixty days, if anybody wants to, <laughs> if anybody wants to come in on these deals, we need money. Let us know. Yeah. Um, well, Matt, I enjoyed talking to you, sitting down, and having a one-on-one podcast with you. Absolutely, man. Um, and guys, continue to um, subscribe to this channel and um, continue to listen. We love providing this information for you guys. Um, share this on your social media if you can, even though I said not to be on social media earlier. Um, <laughs> uh, we're on uh, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, Tree Homes is our company, and that's the name of all of our handles. Um, we love you guys. See you later. Peace.